This is an All Ears English bonus episode. Why today is happening. A timeline. Welcome to the All Ears English podcast, downloaded more than 150 million times. Are you feeling stuck with your English? We'll show you how to become fearless and fluent by focusing on connection, not perfection, with your American hosts, former IELTS examiner Jessica Beck and Lindsay McMahon, the English adventurer, coming to you from Denver and Portland, USA. In this first episode of our bonus series on civil rights in the U.S., we'll give you an overview of 12 moments in U.S. history that you need to know to look at what's happening today in the right context. Listen in today. Wondering about your fluency level? Take our simple English fluency quiz and find out if you're 50% fluent, 65% fluent, or 80% fluent. Plus, get ready for an exciting new course release coming up in early June. Learn from real English conversations so you can finally get competent. Take the quiz at allearsenglish.com slash fluency score. Hey, Jessica, what is going on in your world today? Oh, my gosh, so much. The, yeah. Doesn't the, the world completely change from like day to day or week to week? Um, yeah. yeah, over the weekend, there was a curfew in yes. my city. So I think there mm -hmm. was in yours too, right? Because of the there protests? There was, there was. We've had curfews the last uh, seven days or so. And oh, I have wow. to tell you, I mean, we're here, guys these next few episodes for a bonus series for you guys. Normally, we do bonuses to let you know about web classes or new things we're doing. But we wanted to provide this series of bonuses about civil rights in the US because we're getting so many questions. There is so much going on right now in the United States. And we want to address it for you guys in case you have questions or just so that you can hear our perspective as insiders right inside American culture. Yeah, right. It's so hard. If, if you're outside of America, and you're just reading news uh, about George Floyd, about protests and looting. Mm -hmm. And I mean, gosh, especially with race, it is all about context and history yes. behind it, right? Like, oh. there's no way you could understand what's happening now, unless you also take into account events from the beginning of our country, you know? Completely. Completely. So guys, we are going to be here for the next four or five episodes. We're going to be putting out a series of bonus episodes over the next few weeks. But today we're going to start with the history of civil rights in the United States, because everything goes back to history, right, Jessica, as you yes. just said. And we had a student write in with a question or a statement that we're going to kick off today's episode with. Jessica, could you read that statement or that question from a student? Yes, for sure. All right. Um, so this awesome student asked, uh, I know that America has done a big job to fight segregation. Um, things are not the same as they were 40 or 60 years ago, I suppose. Mm -hmm. However, there is an opinion that racism in your country has been defeated on an official level, but still continues to survive as a part of the culture. Is that true? Is the case 
is this the case um, that has caused people to take to the streets um, and not just the single excess of the policeman, but as more of a bigger problem? That is that is a, a, that a very insightful question. Oh, fantastic question. And I mean, I would just immediately react and say, yes, racism completely still exists in this country. Oh, my gosh. Right. On a systemic level. Right, Jessica? I mean, it's yeah. in our systems now. So these point. are two phrases you guys might hear if you are reading the news, listening to the news. Um, institutional racism, systemic racism. So those two are two slightly different things, right? So systemic racism is just like, yeah, as an African-American, you don't have the same rights or mm-hmm. the same um, uh, access as yeah. white people, right? And yeah. that is part of the system, the educational system, the welfare system, the prison system, all of our systems, right, yeah. will yeah. treat you differently according to the color of your skin. But then also um, institutional racism, people use that when they talk about how it is a part of many police forces. And I'm not saying all policemen are racist, but no, of course not. That would be a ridiculous statement. However, unfortunately, it has been proven time and again that it is a part of that field, whereas it might not be in other fields. Exactly, exactly. So guys, in this series of bonus episodes, we're going to look at this issue from a number of angles, right? From the angle of police brutality, from the angle of politics with President Trump and how divided our country is, and finally, at the end, from the angle of the pandemic, the event that has brought this all to a head, in a sense, yeah. right? Because this racial gap has become very clear, right? And at yeah. the end, we've we've started to realize what's actually really going on and is still here after hundreds of years. So guys, but today, what are we going to start with? What angle angle are we going to take in today's episode, Jessica? So today, guys, we are going to provide um, a brief timeline of um, the history behind uh, civil rights, right? Mm -hmm. Now, guys, keep in mind, this is very brief, okay? There are like a thousand more things we could have put on the timeline. But to us, these are the highlights you need to understand the news today, all right? So Mm -hmm. Civil War, right? We're going to start there. Way back in 1863, the North fought the South. Um, and the ultimate um, outcome was the Emancipation Proclamation, mm-hmm, right, in 1863, mm-hmm. which, quote unquote, freed the slaves. But yeah. I mean, sure, (laughs) yeah, Um, black people could go to the north, could move more freely, right? But Mm -hmm. a lot of people couldn't. Like, they didn't have the means or the resources to make that move. And what ended up happening, guys, was they stayed in the same situation. And no, they technically weren't called slaves anymore. But this is called the Reconstruction Period. Um, Mm -hmm. Their lives did not look a lot different. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And and right after that, we started to see... Jim Crow laws, right? Where there were these very strict laws that were, I believe, state by state that kind of Mm -hmm. made very specific regulations around, you know, what black people could do, where they could go. And they were extremely discriminatory for people, how much compensation they could receive for the same work as white people. Right. And these lasted for a long time. What were some of the examples of things that were impacted there, Jessica? Yeah. I mean, guys, if you, I really encourage you to look at images from this period, watch documentaries about this, guys, there would be signs above drinking fountains, above Mm -hmm. doorways, above Mm -hmm. lunch counters. Everything was segregated. And it reminds me of apartheid in South Africa, which only Mm -hmm. ended in 1994, right? I mean, so much of this is a lot more recent than we think. But anyway, in the South, Jim Crow laws, yeah, 
So black people could only uh, utilize certain drinking fountains or doorways, or they could only use the back door to a lot of places, weren't allowed to go to the same theaters, the same um, facilities as white people. So even after slavery was ended, the Jim Crow law still persisted because the South was mad. They (laughs) were not making the same money as they did before, right? With free labor. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting to think the parallels between today when, when there's scarcity in the world, economic scarcity is when there tends to, I feel like tends to be errors of more discrimination, right? When people are feeling a yeah. sense of scarcity, they get scared and they discriminate more. And we're seeing that oh, even definitely. now, right? That's coming up. And so there, however, it's also interesting to look at the media, right? What was going on? What messages were we getting from the media? And there was this movie, right? Birth of a Nation. Oh my God. Very famous movie. <laughs> it, it was still, even to today, it's considered the most controversial film ever published in the United States. It was shown in the yeah. White House. Um Jeez. And what was that? Did you ever see a, that movie or have you? I you... didn't, but I I hear it referenced a lot because I like to listen okay. to Hollywood history podcasts. So I do yeah. hear it referenced a lot, but mm-hmm. um, I believe it portrayed the KKK as heroes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so the KKK, what does the KKK stand for? So the KKK stands for Ku Klux Klan, right? It's a mm-hmm. group of hateful um, actors out in the world that would basically hunt down black people and and kill them and, and burn them and just awful, 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 ugly awful. part of our history. And um, it still exists today, by the way, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there still are mm-hmm. KKK mm-hmm. groups around the country. Um, but yeah, so that was, I mean, a huge Hollywood hit, Birth of the Nation. Right. Like you said, even showed in the White House. Um, And another note from the media in 1946, Disney released a movie called Song of the South. This was like Mm. their first sort of attempt to put live action people and animation in one movie. Um, And they actually re-released this movie several times throughout our history. The last time being during the civil rights era in the 60s. But anyway, um, this movie portrayed ex-slaves during Reconstruction period as being nostalgic nostalgic for the slavery days, right? Mm. Like not wanting to go to the North, wanting to have those same relationships with the the white people where they were subservient. And it's just, it's shocking. Interesting. That makes me think just a few summers ago, we did a Southern road trip and we did kind of visit some of these important places in the South regarding slavery. Um, We visited a museum from a Southern plantation, I think in South Carolina and toured the cabins, right? Where the slaves lived and we're able to hear the voices recorded of the slaves. And I, I was a little um, critical, though, at the end of that museum itself, because there were echoes of they tried to portray kind of the positive aspects of slavery, oh even in the, even in this museum. <clears throat> right. And we walked out of it thinking, what are we getting here? What are we being <laughs> fed in terms of what we were being told about history? So even today, you can find these stories <sighs> told in, in, in an, um, trying to be told in a better light, which to us was right. really off-putting. Yeah. And just like, just as an overall context, I mean, guys, I'm sure if you've watched any movies from the 1980s through the 1990s and even today, um, uh, criminals are off, are often portrayed as African Americans, right? And so this exactly. makes people just have that frame of reference. Yeah. Like if you're from a town like I was, where it was a really white little town, and the only thing you know about African Americans is what you see in the movies, mm-hmm. that they're a part of, you know, that they're in prisons, that they're committing crimes, then that becomes your only frame of reference. So exactly. that to, yeah, and that's, that's being talked about today a lot too, the representation. 
Exactly. And so that's where that and it's interesting, you think about what the media does, the impact the media has that led to more black people being put into jail. Yeah. I mean, that was a factor at that time, right? Post slavery. And so there was a loophole apparently in the com- Constitution um, that allowed for prison labor to actually be implemented. Um, and, you know, once the, the slaves were freed, even though when people were in jail, they were actually able legally to make people uh, perform prison labor. Isn't that unbelievable? A loophole. Unbelievable. I it's I wish it were unbelievable, right? Like yeah, the more we go through this timeline, the less you're surprised when it just mm-hmm. stays bad. Mm-hmm. Um and guys, I think like that feeling I just said, I think that is really what's come to a head today, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz you see all these signs like I can't believe I still have to protest this. Yeah. But it's this idea, guys, that like how far can you go? And yeah. we're, we're this is just like the early on in the timeline. So this yeah. persists. Yeah, right? it's it true. And we're going to jump ahead quite a bit here. Um, over to 1964 you know the Kennedys they did a lot of sketchy things if you actually look back into their (laughs) into their history but one thing that they they did do was they pushed one positive thing that they did was they pushed for the Civil Rights Act right and so it was signed after Kennedy was shot by Lyndon Johnson in 1964 and this Act outlawed discrimination on the basis of race, race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. So that was a huge uh, kind of movement forward in the civil rights movement. Yeah. Oh, enormous. Yeah. And even after this was passed, guys, there were still um, uh, systems and uh, organizations in the South that refused to follow it. I mean, right. you could see those uh, famous shots of, I think it was George Wallace, right, that wouldn't mm-hmm. let um, black people go to the university, called the National Guard. Um, and uh, yeah. Th- um, help the black people go into the university because so many right. people were protesting. So right, right, just right, passing right. a law does not change people's minds. Yeah, you know? I think it would it would be interesting to attack this from another angle by um, letting our listeners know about like ten big names in you know big names that are important in a good way or a bad yeah, way. Yeah. in this whole movement, George Wallace would definitely be on that list, right? Uh, he oh was, yeah, he was one of those figures, right? For better or for worse, or for worse, actually, honestly. Um, but anyway, so. What next? What next? So once the Civil Rights Act was passed, what happened then, Jessica? Um, The crime rate actually began to rise due to the baby boom generation coming of age. Mm -hmm. Um, The baby boom generation was like, okay, so after World War II, (laughs) all the soldiers came home and they made lots of babies. And their babies, that's what's called the baby boom generation, right? So as this enormous uh, population, right, came of age, the crime rate began to rise. Now, I'm not, how would that be connected to this civil rights timeline? so I think this is just about more people. Or it's it's right. not about race, right? It's not about one race is committing more crimes. It's just there are more people that are in of the age to potentially commit crimes, right? It's not. I yeah. think that they were misattributing it to. Um, to African-American people. But exactly. I don't think that's what was happening. So that's but why that's, that's in the there. Point, yeah. right? mm-hmm. That's the point, right? That's the point is that people are always looking to prove their opinion. So if they see the mm-hmm. crime rate is going up and maybe it's increasing at the same level for all races, right? Mm-hmm. But they're exactly. going to see that, just that number without context and think, oh God, you know, all oh, the black people and the crimes. But well, they won't actually like dig into the statistics. Right. I mean, that's what politicians do, right? They right. take, you know, yeah. their angle on things and then they try to find numbers to back it up. And that is what they did. Sadly, that's what they did. Um, And at the same time, in the 1960s, we had Martin Luther King arising as a figure, as a leader, a very inspirational leader in this movement. Mm -hmm. 
Right. Yep. Yes, he was all about peaceful protests. Right. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The march on Selma. Guys, watch that movie, yeah, Selma. Oh my gosh. Yes. Watch um, Forrest Gump. I mean, yes. Forrest Gump covers like a lot of these <laughs> things in the sixties and seventies. Honestly. Um, so yeah, so he was assassinated in nineteen sixty eight. Um, and you know, of course there are conspiracy theories and it all, no matter, regardless of who it, um, made this happen, this assassination, it's all coming out of fear, fear out of Mm -hmm. losing power, right? Who do you identify as? You're afraid of people taking away your power. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's where it all comes from. So that, that, and MLK was assassinated in 1968, but then that would spark, that would inspire more people to get involved in the civil rights movement as well, I think. Mm-hmm, exactly. And then kind of moving forward into the 70s, right? This is what they call the era of mass incarceration. And um, one documentary that I was watching recently just showed the numbers of black people in prison just going up exponentially right through the yeah. 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, just really doubling, tripling. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Guys, our prison system is enormous. I mean, people are shocked by how, by the prison populations. We have so Mm -hmm. many prisons. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then one politician that really kicked this into full gear was Nixon. Oh, not a surprise. So (laughs) he had his whole war on drugs. Um, I think this was around. No, this was before the whole uh, just say no campaign. But I think that was also linked to racism in a sense. You know what I mean? All these things that were going on when we were kids that maybe we didn't realize it, but it was there was an underlying level of racism that was that was happening. It's really interesting to think about it that way. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, The criminalization of um, quote unquote softer drugs or making this making these things evil, right? Mm -hmm. Decide that the punishment is going to make things go away. None of this was true. Like, none of it worked. It just meant that our prison population exploded, and the people who <clears throat> were formerly incarcerated for nonviolent crimes, like drugs, for example, they would have problems securing employment after. Mm-hmm. They would have problems finding oh, yeah. a place to live, and then they would actually have to turn to real crime. Oh, for sure. And I, I, you know, I wonder, I'm not sure I didn't see this in the research I did, but I wonder how this coincides with the number of private prisons versus public prisons, oh, right? Gosh. Because we know that right now we have an issue with privately funded prisons where people it's a business. It's right? a business. So yeah. of course they want to put more people in jail. We need to get more information on this topic. But I wonder if the number of private prisons was increasing at this time as the same at the same level of mass incarceration. So that's kind of fishy there. We have to look into that, Jessica. But crack cocaine versus oh, ju- you know yes. crack versus right. cocaine. Like politicians decided that you know, it is the same drug. Right. But they decided that cocaine, which is generally what people consumed in the suburbs, wealthier uh, suburbs, the powder form versus what was consumed more in the urban environments. The I guess it's just more of like a crystallized form. I'm not really sure. Yeah, it's it's processed in a different way. And Mm -hmm. so it's um, it. Yeah, it's it's a little bit different and it's cheaper. Yeah, it's cheaper. and But it's essentially the same drug, right? It comes from the same drug. It's an amphetamine. It comes from the same place. Yeah. Same place. So poli- the, you know, our government decided that the, the, the punishment would be completely different, though. And that's really Jeez. the problem right there, right? So what happened here? I mean, who really got punished for consuming and being in possession of crack? 
Right, exactly. So crack was something that was like, it was cheaper, right? So it was a cheaper drug. So that meant lower income people consumed it. And those lower income people were like inner city, right? So Mm -hmm. we're talking about large proportions of African Americans. Would Mm -hmm. This would be where they were, right? Whereas cocaine was super expensive and it was consumed by rich white kids in the suburbs. So if you got caught with cocaine, you were probably a rich white person and you like the punishment would be negligible like slap almost nothing wrist. slap on the wrist you're fine i know your dad it's cool yeah. go away oh yeah but if it's crack it's like oh my god this is like the worst thing ever and it's life in would, prison life life in prison yeah i think oh so my god. we have we have to look this up but as i was watching this documentary i i believe that at one point if you were po- caught two or three times with crack life in prison I mean, <laughs> right? So and here's the thing: like the 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 solution does not match the problem at all. Right. Mm-hmm. That does not fix anything. Counseling, like help, education, yeah. assistance, yeah. these social programs. That's what. If you really care about people being on drugs because it is bad for their health, then then make yeah. programs that that fix that. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. throw them in prison where it's even worse. Exactly. And you know, this is interesting. We're going to hear more about this this season this election season because Joe Biden was one of the politicians that was heavily involved in this crackdown in in increasing these prison sentences for people Uh. that were found with crack in the 60s, 70s, 80s. So that is going to come back and haunt him um, in the election season. And we can guarantee that will come up and and Trump will use that against him. But, you know, as he says, you know, he always says we have to judge things in context. That was a different time. And it is hard. You know, as we go back through these, some of these things, I mean, some of these things are unforgivable. But certain things are, you know, it is contextual at the same time. So we do have to keep that in mind. I mean, especially oh, when it comes sure. to Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, us, I mean, uh, he's a career politician. He's very old. Yeah. So he has a lot very of things to, to answer for. <laughs> of course. For sure. For sure. All right. So, and then one of the big evils come. I'm really letting my opinions <laughs> out here. Ronald Reagan, 1980s. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he was super famous for his war on drugs. That was his, um, as first lady nancy reagan that was her big thing right michelle obama had nutrition awesome nancy reagan had the war on drugs okay Um, and it was really just again it's just making this evil right and saying that it's this lower income problem that leads to crime and violence and all the worst things like this is the problem with society so this is this has to go away interesting so this must be where the just say no campaign came in right and the commercial that famous commercial where the guy cracks the egg yes. on the frying pan and he says this is your brain this is your brain on drugs <laughs> i remember i will never forget that commercial and it's so interesting thinking back on this because in my mind as like a 10 year old kid i thought this was a campaign to get me to not do drugs right but right. the underlying messages here were very racist right yeah. attacking a community right because of drug use really interesting really interesting exactly instead of looking at it like <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> like, just asking the wrong questions all the time. You yeah. know, yeah. we need to be asking, like, why, why is this a plague in this community? Mm-hmm. Right? Because mm-hmm. they don't have access to education and jobs and nothing yeah. else to do, no money, and people are bored or, mm-hmm. right? They don't know mm-hmm. anything else. Right? Yeah. Ugh, anyway. Really interesting. <laughs> oh, my God. But it's, it's fascinating to go back and see this with this lens now. So then we went into the 80s. And of course, you and I were kind of both born into a recession. I was born in 
1981, uh-huh. you in 1980, born into yep. a recession, not many public services available, right? And then this is a time when we saw, well, 10 years later, we saw the Rodney King riots. Now, it's not un, it's not unusual in our country to protest, right? This happens right. all the time. And even riots happen sometimes. In a sense, I'm glad that we're able to, well, I am glad we were able to protest. It's our yes. First Amendment right. So it's a good thing, in a sense, when you see protests. Uh, but what happened with Rodney King? So this is something that is not um, mentioned enough, I think, because, well, unfortunately, because there are so many other names to talk about now. But so Rodney King, actually, this happened in 1991. Um, He was beaten severely, violently by police in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just drunk driving, right? So if this was a white dude that was caught drunk driving, of course, that wouldn't have happened. Nobody Mm -hmm. would have touched him, right? Mm -hmm. He would have been like escorted home if he had enough money. Um, But this was a a black man and he was beaten violently. And there were huge protests in Los Angeles after this. But again, Mm -hmm. like, I don't think it changed much after that. But today we are seeing results from these protests. So we're going to talk about that in another episode, though. Yeah. I mean, I think this was the first kind of riot that we saw our generation witnessed, you know, in this way. Um, And, you know, that and that was the first thing we saw. And then Clinton came into office. Right. And and essentially, it's really interesting. Clinton was a Democrat, but he still was one of the ones that did the most damage to the black community because he did sign that crime bill in 1994. And this must be what I was talking about that doubled the prison population in 94, that three strikes and you're out thing. Yeah. Um, That idea that if you're found three times in possession of drugs, I believe it's life in prison. So I have to check my facts on that. But he definitely did some he kind of institutionalized this. Yes. And you know, like, so this was in the 90s when you and I were in high school. And Mm -hmm. I, my image of what Clinton was then does not match up to what he was actually doing behind the scenes so much. Um, I was watching a documentary, like a CNN documentary about the 90s. And I... I was I was so I was so sad because I was like yeah. I had this image of him as being like such this cool liberal Very sort smart, of dude. Yeah. But mm-hmm. oh my God, no. No. Like yeah. he yeah, not good. Yeah. So in a sense, he kind of did the most damage of any politician, you know, interestingly. So that was huge, huge change there. And then that kind of brings us to, you know, the last 10 years. And what was the big thing that spurred this Black Lives Matter movement? That's the name that this movement has been given, right? What was the event that spurred it? Jessica. Um, so in 2012, um, in Florida, George Zimmerman shot a teenager, an mm-hmm. African-American teenager named Trayvon Martin. And he was acquitted, which means he was found not guilty, which meant, yep, you killed that young black person, but you're not in trouble for that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really kind of what spurred the, the Black Lives Matter movement. And so the reason why he was acquitted, why he was found not guilty, was because Florida has what's called a stand your ground law. Um, And that just means that if you feel like you're being threatened on your property, you can kill the person with your gun and Mm -hmm. it's allowed. And and so that's what George Zimmerman did. And so that's why he was not guilty. 
Yeah. And I just remember hearing clips of that and hearing screams, you know, coming yeah. from Trayvon Martin. Just so heartbreaking. You know, these clips are really heartbreaking. Yes. Uh, and so that's that was kind of where the movement started. Right. And now, obviously, it's kicked into full gear due to what's just happened. So, guys, that kind of gives you a gets you up to date. Right. A quick <laughs> crash course on what's happened over the last couple hundred years uh, to get yeah. us to where we are now, because history does matter. We're not I mean, I'm not a history buff. I'm not you know, I, you know, I'm not a professional of history, but it is important to know a few facts. So we know how we got here. It's all about context. Oh, definitely, guys. Um, and and I know it's confusing and why this is happening now here and so much. And so hopefully knowing some of this background, at least, like Lindsay said, I mean, neither of us have degrees in history, but <laughs> we are Americans and we do care and we do listen yeah. to the news and try to read. Um, and so these are the things that I think are the, the most important highlights for sure. Exactly. So guys, if you come back to the blog to this episode, we will try to put a lot of links so you can read up on some of this stuff. So consider this, you know, the first episode in a series next time, what are we going to get into Jessica in the next episode of this series? Yeah, guys. So next time we're going to really dig into um, the recent events regarding police brutality and our society's response to what happened to George Floyd. So yeah, that's what we're going to talk about next time. Really good. Good stuff. Well, thanks for hanging out, Jessica. I'm really glad that we're addressing this important issue. Guys, send us your questions. If you have questions about this episode, anything you want to add, let us know. Email me, lindsay at allersenglish.com and let us know what you're thinking. Okay. Yes, and we'll see sure. you guys in the next part of this series. All right. All right. Very good. Sounds Very good. good. Thanks for okay. talking, Lindsay. Thanks, Jessica. Take care. Bye. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to All Ears English. If you are taking IELTS this year, get your estimated band score with our two-minute quiz. Go to allearsenglish.com slash my score. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, then hit subscribe now to make sure you don't miss anything. See you next time.